हेलो हाय एवरीवन वेलकम टू गाइडिंग वॉइस पॉडकास्ट सीरीज द गाइडिंग वॉइस फॉर अ बेटर फ्यूचर दिस पॉडकास्ट इज टू हेल्प स्टूडेंट्स एंड यंग प्रोफेशनल्स टू शेप देयर कैरियर्स थैंक यू फॉर ट्यूनिंग इन दिस इज नवीन एंड आई एम विद माय कोहोस्ट सुधाकर डियर लिसनर्स इन दिस एपिसोड वी वांट टू कवर द टॉपिक दैट प्रोफेशनल्स एंगेज्ड विद स्टार्टअप फ्रैटर्निटी लुक फॉरवर्ड टू and it is one of the most rarely spoken or rather untold topics and the topic is mistakes that first time entrepreneur should avoid and we are pleased to welcome inian to our show today to have a conversation on this current generation topic inian is a hr professional turned entrepreneur with a rich corporate experience of over 20 years he worked with some of the largest mnc's in the technology industry handling teams across the globe three of the organizations that inian has been part of have been ranked among the top 10 best places to work and one of them ranked number 1 during his tenure with them when he decided to step out of the corporate world and enter the world of entrepreneurship inian was designated as the global hr director for an organization that was ranked among the top 5 fastest growing organizations in india inian did this to follow his primary passion to help youngsters to reach their fullest potential Inian has a very practical approach to business situations and shares his perspectives on multiple social platforms as a common sense entrepreneur. He earned MBA in HR from Bharatiyar University and graduated in electrical and electronics engineering from Coimbatore Institute of Technology. And we are pleased to welcome Inian to our show today. Hey, good morning, uh, you know Naveen and Stucker. Uh, thank you for having me over, and uh, I am really looking forward to uh, sharing my thoughts on uh, entrepreneurship and uh, some of the common mistakes that people do, uh, especially uh, first-time entrepreneurs in this uh, area. Looking forward to talking to you guys. Thank you, Inian. I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy this conversation as much as we do. Let us get into this conversation. Inian, firstly. Though you had an illustrious corporate career, what actually made you to take plunge into this entrepreneurship? <laughs> Very nice question. Uh, you know, uh, actually, I did not take a plunge. Somebody pushed me into it. <laughs> <laughs> so let me explain it a little more. Uh, so. See, I come from a very simple, uh, you know, family, middle-class family. My father was a teacher in a government school, and all I was told was, if you study well, you'll get a good job. And um, I don't know if I studied well or not. I scored good marks, and then uh, I, uh, I, I did my engineering, I did my MBA. Uh, everything that uh, everybody was telling was the right thing to do. Then uh, I come from uh, Coimbatore, so moved to Bangalore, which was a big city for me then, and then uh, started my career in the uh, software industry. started doing very fast um, and uh, see as, as you uh, grow in the corporate career and when you uh, start realizing that you're doing very well compared to all your peers then the next step is okay what next 
and that's exactly what i thought and uh, for most people like me uh, the dream was to uh, go outside of india and settle down and uh, us was the dream destination and uh, that's exactly what i did so moved to the us uh, used to live in california for some time and uh, so i was very happy honestly i was very happy uh, you know dream job dream company you know uh, dream land you know good money <laughs> everything was going well but uh, see a uh, couple of things one was uh, the recession of 2000 2001 uh, that was the first major uh, recession that hit the uh, indian it industry and um, you know uh, i don't know i i don't think the it industry was ready for it but who cares but i was definitely not ready for it right i mean <laughs> i uh, my job and i was still uh, single i was uh, still you know in my mid 20s i was uh, i think i was still fine but i saw people who were ahead of me 10 years 15 years you know ahead of me people who were vice presidents some you know people who were, who were ceos directors i mean when they lost their job typically they had their mortgages their loans uh, and uh, i mean i could see their entire families that are getting shaken up and uh, uh, thank god you know nothing like that happened to me but when i look back i'm really happy that i got that warning sign right there because um, i immediately started realizing if this happens to me what will uh, i do and that was the time i started looking for answers uh, you know i honestly i was only looking to secure my job what should i do to secure my job but uh, thankfully i met somebody uh, who was there who was, who was in the corporates uh, he was from at&t bell labs and uh, hardcore techy guy and then he had moved on to uh, you know becoming an entrepreneur very successful entrepreneur in fact they are currently uh, still based out of new jersey somebody who runs uh, revenue of almost close to about 1 billion dollars a year the most respected indian entrepreneurs there i it was a chance meeting them and uh, when i talked to him about 15 minutes i realized that by being an entrepreneur that i can really reach to my fullest potential which uh, you know probably was not the case if i was going to work in corporate the second reality that struck you know navin and sudhakar was this which i was not uh, you know ready at all see at, at that time 2000 2001 i was thinking uh, you know it was a big recession and uh, and this this had happened because of the uh, twin towers going down so i thought it was a very big uh, accident this kind of a thing will never happen in my life again but thanks for talking to this person he told me in every 6 to 7 years you will see a big financial recession the reasons could be different so uh, if you really look at it uh, see 96 to 98 was a dot com bubble burst 2000 2001 was the you know uh, twin towers going down 2008 was the major depression 2012 to 2014 was uh, the uh, you know telecom industry going bust and uh, now we are in 2020 and uh, covid if you really average out it's about 6 to 7 years <laughs> right and so that was a big wake up call and uh, i think all of this put together uh, and with the right kind of guidance i that's how i started my entrepreneurship that's actually a, an impressive journey and life experience i would say inian getting to hear from experienced guys and uh, you know i really liked your aspect that uh, every 6 years or 7 years for various reasons and with various backgrounds we get hit in some way or other most of the times getting negatively impacted and uh, you know starting from 98 i think uh, navin and i can definitely connect to the 98 to 2000 22 2001 2007 to 9 you know each one diversified reasons and one unprecedented situation that we are currently going through about covid thank you very much for that great summary true 
uh, on our current topic today about the mistakes that typical first time entrepreneur should avoid inian what are the things that you think you would do differently if you have a chance to start your entrepreneurial journey all again i think i will start earlier <laughs> if uh, if i could have uh, started uh, you know immediately after my education or something that i could have done alongside my education i think that would have been a great start and uh, the second thing i would have done is uh, i think i would set much much bigger goals and i would have worked even more harder in my initial years that's really interesting don't you think your experience actually helped you to make right decisions by starting your entrepreneurship journey little late um okay this is what i would have theoretically told you if uh, somebody told me why don't you start a business i would have definitely said hey i think uh, let me gain some experience and then do it but if you don't mind i i'm going to give you a diagonally you know diversified opinion here uh, see it's like this let's say there is a teacher who is taking care of uh, you know 100 children but she's never had a child of her own right do you, do you, do you think when she has a child of her own because she has dealt with 100 children it's going to be easier on her or do you think she will have a you know completely different experience altogether it's a different experience i would say absolutely that's exactly how it is because taking care of somebody else's child is like you know the ownership is missing i mean the love is missing the passion is missing right and that is what drives an entrepreneur so you know you might be passionate about a job but it's like you really are not owning it you know somebody else is owning it you're not responsible for every single decision that you are maybe this is a very uh, you know uh, very aggressive response on that but i think it's almost that that equal uh, you know difference sudhakar and nami yeah i would i would say it is a different perspective altogether <laughs> <laughs> and very interesting analogy that you have brought in terms of how children take care of their students it's not same as you taking care of your own child yeah interesting and great perspective indian now uh, what is the biggest mistake in your opinion that that you see which is common across uh, startups or the entrepreneurship journeys okay if there was only one mistake then you know i think our talk is over already <laughs> <laughs> okay but so i'm i'm going to take a couple of minutes here just to elaborate it i i think there are three different levels at which uh, most entrepreneurs make a mistake one is at the thought, uh, let me try and you know uh, uh, you know detail into all of them one is at the thought process level the second is the way they identify the opportunity and then in terms of what we call as a strategy okay let me try and explain all these three see at the thought process level when a lot of people start a business they start a business because it's fancy thing to do because a friend of them you know uh, is doing everybody else is doing or a friend just invited them to be part of something and you know so or they did not like the boss or they thought maybe it's some easy money right and uh, so these are the different reasons why somebody starts a business and that itself is a big mistake unless you have something a compelling vision it could be something for yourself or for the larger society mm-hmm. unless it's a compelling vision i don't think we should start a business the second thing that people do here is uh, you know taking the opinion of others see for example let's say you are mark zuckerberg 15 years back and you had an idea of uh, running facebook let me ask you this if you had talked to all your friends relatives parents your mentors your professors how many of them do you think would have encouraged you to say hey that's a great idea facebook is a great idea go ahead and do it no one 
because at the hindsight it looks very compelling <laughs> but when you are doing it real time it is like oh, what a what a bad idea man who wants to post their personal stuff online <laughs> exactly absolutely because uh, if you have uh, what you believe is an idea that can be earth shattering or you know something that is going to disrupt an industry there's no nobody else who can get your perspective and vision and uh, so getting opinion of others doesn't matter how successful they are you know is not a great idea i think it was nelson mandela who said it always looks impossible until it is done right Ab- absolutely you're right the other big trap we have is the social media and google right now see we have to understand that google is a search engine not a research engine <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because you know uh, it, it it is not a decision making tool but <clears throat> today if i want to let's say understand uh, uh, i'll give an example here again let's say if i want to search about uh, some information about somebody very successful let's say our honorable prime minister narendra modi ji now if i want to go and search about uh, him on google i can find his height weight you know maybe even his blood group i can find but if you if i go and ask google hey should i vote for narendra modi ji the next uh, election I think I you know I will get one of only people's opinions. See, internet is a collection of people's opinions in most of the cases. So as an entrepreneur we need to really be able to identify opinions versus facts and figures. Uh you cannot be blind faith about an idea. You know just because you thought it was good some people jump into it uh, or some people you know hit the other extreme and are very skeptical about every idea that comes in. So you'll have to strike a balance here. You'll have to look for facts and figures and then go by that. So you are saying we have to do proper amount of research and perform some data analysis before taking a plunge. Absolutely. I I think there's enough of history in most of the cases, most of the cases where people can see whether in what direction things are going in. See, for example, yesterday I was uh, listening to Jeff Bezos uh, you know interview when you know he was I think it was 2000 2001 or something like that. And uh, people said how how did you even pick out that selling books is a good option mm-hmm. he said 1993 i looked at it uh, a statistic said internet is going uh, growing at 2300 percentage so i know that this is the direction in which i should go then we brainstormed a lot about which product to look at which means he was backed by a data of 2300 percentage of growth year on year i think this makes absolute sense it was not just because i got a good idea i feel good about books i'll jump into it Yeah. See, because a lot of people ask me, "Hey, Indian, uh, this is a, you know, I'm just moving into the next area about uh, identifying the right opportunity." A lot of people ask me, "Indian, so which product or service should I focus on?" I think that's a wrong question. <laughs> because look, look at uh, somebody selling coffee at a railway station, and look, look at the owner of Starbucks. If you ask both of them, "Hey, what are you doing?" They'll say, "I'm selling coffee." <laughs> But one guy is struggling to meet his ends meet, and one person. last year you know turned in a total revenues of almost 24 billion dollars so the product so the product did not make a difference it is a way that you think every business can be done as a small business or a large enterprise unless you are able to see the larger perspective of a business you are missing out on, on global opportunity and we are we have multiple examples for that The second mistake in this area what we most people do is you know people look for 
glamorous thing and fall for it. For example, let's say uh, 2012, look at uh, Nokia. I mean, it was a global market leader. And 2018, they were struggling to survive. 10 years back, none of us had a touch phone. Today, in fact, it's a surprise if I see anybody with a you know button phone. Today, maybe a touch phone is a very, very fancy thing to do. So most people want to do something with touch phone. Let's say they're opening a showroom. They want to have a mobile phone showroom because that's a hip thing to do. But what they forget is, hey, five years back, these phones were not there. Today, these are the biggest things. Will these businesses survive in five years later? So they fall for what is the most glamorous thing right now and miss out on the larger direction which the industry is moving on. Because if you're starting a business, let's say in this case, a retail business of mobile phones, you cannot just like that dump all your you know inventory in five years time, because in five years time, maybe all our mobile phones will become wearables. It will, it will be on your glasses, your specs, your pen, your mobile, you know, your wristwatch. That is how it's going to be. So look for value in it. For example, if you don't mind me asking this, uh, which is the world's largest company in terms of revenue? Walmart. It's Apple. Okay. I'm not surprised because both of you are from the uh, IT industry. And, uh, you know, it automatically comes in, right? Most of us look within our uh, uh, domains, right? In fact, most people would uh, talk about Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon. You know, these are the top four or five companies that come in. But if you really look at it in terms of revenues, Walmart stands way ahead, right? You already knew the answer. Mm-hmm. But it just skips away from our radar because it is not in our domain. So what happens is most of the times we are looking within for opportunities within our domain from our past experience. In fact, if you look at it, the top 10 world's top 10 companies of in terms of revenues, only last year Amazon broke into the top 10. Till last year, we did not have any of the other companies that you're talking about. What you meant about Apple was the valuation. And if you don't mind me saying this, valuation is just a piece of paper. It is what somebody else thinks they would pay for it if they are going to buy. But unfortunately, no, unfortunately nobody is ready to buy right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? So if, if you look at some of the you know industries that have been long lasting, which have been very, very large, which are very stable, these are not at all glamorous. For example, you know, provision store, you know, Walmart, it's not a very glamorous thing. A couple of banks, uh, you know, in China, which are ranked among the top 10 are not glamorous. They are, one is an agricultural bank. Can you believe this? There is Then there is a company which sells, uh, you know, crude oil, which is among the top 10. So, you know, so some of them are not very glamorous, but are very, very highly valued. So we'll have to learn through, learn to cut through the crap and thrown at us by the media and the marketing agencies and learn to look at what is the real essence of business. Where does the real moolah lie, right? So this is where people, a lot of people miss out. The last uh, thing in terms of when it comes to strategy, I think there are three important places where, you know, we miss out. One is terms of, in terms of scalability. Now, what do I mean by that? See, most people confuse growth and scalability. Now, uh, for example, let's say I live in Bangalore. I open a, a restaurant in uh, Indranagar and let's say I'm very successful. Now, I'm saying, okay, this brand is already established. Let me open a few more branches. I open one in Maleshwaram, one in Koramangala. All these are, you know, hot spots. I mean, really, really doing well. But for every new place that I'm opening up, I need to invest, let's say, 20 lakhs was my initial investment. Every new place I have to invest the same 20 lakhs or more or 
I have to find competent people to run it and I am probably running behind all these three places to become successful. In this model, I can never run, let's say, a 100 or 200 units of my restaurant. But let's look at an example of, let's say, an Indian example itself, let's say Ola. Now, when Babesh Agarwal, you know, got started, his entire initial study of this model, which took about one and a half years, was with about 200 drivers. So he got his pretty much his entire system done with about 200 drivers who was who were willing to believe in him. He expanded that to about 2,000 drivers in one single city and really done did a you know pilot run. Once that 2,000 was really successful, they scaled it to five cities covering approximately 20,000 cars in one single shot. And today we have five and a half lakh cars running under the banner of Ola. That is scalability. What McDonald's has done is scalability. So you cannot confuse yourself with growth and scalability. So the first thing is ask, asking ourselves when we start a business, hey, is this business what I'm building? Am I building it in a scalable manner? Uh, am I building my processes and systems that can be scaled or is it only growth? The second place is stability, right? In fact, we talked about, you know, when we talked about the opportunity also here, but I want to talk about here. Most people look for things which are very fancy right now and not necessarily stable. So especially if you're a first time entrepreneur, your goal is to establish yourself in a domain, in an industry which is very, very stable. And there are a lot of industries like that. We already covered about uh, FMCG essentials. We talk about, you know, healthcare. It's a very stable industry. You talk about, uh, ed, you know, education. It's a very stable industry. Entertainment is a very stable industry. Pick up something from here and build a very, very stable foundation. Don't, you know, unless you're like Elon Musk, unless you're like, you know, some of the maverick, right? I don't think you should, you know, worry about being starting with something which is uh, very, very uh, glamorous because the percentage of people who really make it big, look at uh, even Amazon's uh, Jeff Bezos. He started with books. Books is stable. It is not glamorous. I hope you're getting my point. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Alibaba, right? Manufacturing was already happening. So the manufacturers were there always. The raw, you know, people who were, he wanted to connect the wholesalers to the market. Stability, not glamour. He did not talk about, you know, selling the, you know, uh, competition of iPhone from China to US. You know, there's so much that we can learn from people who are already successful. The third most important factor is profitability. Now, most people will argue, hey, Indian, I see a lot of potential here and that's what I start. Now, unfortunately, what happens, Naveen and Sudhakar, is this. In the initial phases uh, of a business, the business is not doing profits, which is very understandable. But if you're not able to turn around your business and hit a break even by the within the first three years, then there is something mistake. Because if your business is not hitting a profit rate, if your profit index is not okay when you're small, it is impossible to correct it when it is big. Look at all the e-commerce majors in India right now. Flipkart, uh, Snapdeal, Paytm, including Amazon India. Today, none of them are profitable. The highest uh, chance that somebody will turn profitable first is going to be Amazon India. And that's because they have very deep pockets, right? 
So just because you're growing does not mean that you can be profitable. In fact, you again, this is also something that you will see from a lot of past experiences. For example, if you read uh, Phil Knight, you know, founder of Nike, his uh, autobiography, he says they were doing $11 million in revenues and they were still struggling. They were not making profits. $11 million. Outside, it looks like a very, very big brand. So it is extremely important for us to understand how long does it take for me to turn profitable? And how quickly can I turn my business, my profit index in the positive? I think uh, these are the main areas where, uh, you know, most startup founders don't plan enough and uh, get caught themselves. These are amazing insights, uh, Indian. Talk about uh, growth versus scalability. And so is the case with stability versus glamour. Profitability versus growth. So these are all often mostly overlooked by the entrepreneurs and especially those who are starting first time. Also, you spoke about McDonald's, Starbucks, Walmart, Apple, that everyone can relate to. These are all great examples, but you gave a different dimension and perspective about how to look at companies and how to identify opportunities. Wonderful thoughts. In fact, very well researched facts. This is very enlightening. So thanks for sharing all these insights Indian. Having been a successful entrepreneur by yourself, what is your biggest advice to the startup community? <laughs> Find a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> that is Chris. Most of the times an entrepreneur believes in his idea and he thinks you know the idea is so good and nothing can go wrong. He sees the world of an opportunity and uh, I mean he looks like invincible, right? He looks like Bahubali. Now, <laughs> that is exactly the reason why they should find a mentor. Because the time when you think nothing can go wrong, I cannot do any mistakes, that is the most vulnerable time that you're likely to make mistakes and you're likely to slip. So a mentor is not somebody who is going to give you advice. He's only a person who will be your bouncing board, who will add value to your thoughts and uh, you know, he will probably from his experience tell you what are the pitfalls that he sees ahead. And I think, you know, that is the single most reason why I am here at the place where I am. So can you share a little bit about your mentor and how mentorship journey has gone through? Uh, honestly speaking, there's not been one mentor, single mentor. Uh, but of course, there's somebody who, you know, uh, has been running along with me for a long time, more than 15 years now. So look at it uh, see the person who you know uh, you know told me that hey you know every five six years there's going to be a recession in a way was mentor because he was a person who helped me to see how entrepreneurship will bring the best out of me i'm still in touch with him and it's a privilege to you know be even uh, getting inputs from somebody who already runs a you know billion dollar empire person who's currently uh, guiding me, uh, in fact, it, it's very surprising for a lot of people. He is uh, he's younger than me. Uh, he's from one of the premier uh, colleges, but I am not somebody who falls in for the premier tag, but his thought process. He, he was already a successful mentor. And uh, when I, once I realized I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I looked for somebody who was already successful. See, it's very funny how people find mentors, right? Let's say you want to be a top class batsman. Would you get the advice from Sachin Tendulkar or would you carry the advice from Harsha Bhogle? Sachin Tendulkar. <laughs> I know that was a very commonsensical question. You chose the right answer. But when most people find a mentor, they don't want 
to listen from somebody who is a 10 standard fail even though he could be a extremely successful person they look for the glamour of the iim i have great regards for harsha bogle but if i want to be a commentator i'll take his opinion but if i want to be a player he is somebody who's never been on the pitch and faced a international fast bowler let me ask you the second question here if you want to be a top class world class football player will you go and take advice of sachin tendulkar not at all <laughs> exactly so why would i take an advice from somebody who's an employee he could be a vice president of company going and asking him what do you think i should you know about the business idea if he had an entrepreneurial mindset he would be running a business yeah yeah or lot of times i see this hey my uh, you know my brother or my uncle is a top you know doctor let me ask him advice about this i mean he's he's a successful person i respect your success but in this field you have to find somebody in who's in your field of you know expertise of your industry and you want to talk to them and i'll tell you most successful people are very open to guiding you if they know that your interests are very sincere this is what i've learned about mentorship and you know what my personal journey has been on this i think this is really cool uh, indian so you spoke a lot of uh, facts in terms of identifying mentor who is already in the field this is a kind of eye opening uh, message thank you for the insight indian finding a mentor and be clear in communication i think these are the two themes which are consistent with most of our guests as an advice or as an input to our listeners so thank you for reemphasizing on those two aspects you know with the experience that you shared till now just wanted to ask this question like how did your corporate career helped in your current journey or did it help at all or not oh definitely uh, i it definitely helped me uh, see a uh, couple of things good and bad okay the good thing is that it gave me a very very uh, structured way of thinking mm-hmm. so uh, you know i couldn't have come out with such a you know a detailed uh, process oriented thinking if i was you know uh, not having this kind of a corporate thing. so you know definitely i think in terms of uh, that it came in as we started growing i the bad part about uh, corporate is i knew that there are always people who are you know looking to cut corners i saw people trying to make a quick buck here and there by you know having wrong deals going on and i realized if i am going to have a large organization there are going to be things like that as well so unless i take care of my uh, team members in the right way then they will also get distracted so it has helped me to become a better manager hopefully and uh, that's what we see in our culture we have probably the most trusted culture uh, you know that i've ever worked and uh, it's it's so glad that you know uh, i i can proudly say that we have one of the best teams that yeah i think you covered uh, about the team environment and how to be a better leader it makes sense because again once you become an entrepreneur you have to lead teams interesting uh, indian what fascinates you um helping people grow because uh, see somebody told me that hey indian your full potential is not hr director mm-hmm. till till that person stretched my vision and you know set a much bigger goal and my entire you know uh, lifetime goal was becoming a global hr director or maybe a ceo mm-hmm. and but uh, 
inside each one of us i think there's a tremendous potential and uh, i think that is where you know i would like to spend most of my time helping people identify their uh, you know passion helping people identify the right goals for themselves and help them flourish very nice in fact sudhakar and i are also passionate about people in the way what we could do in fact uh, the reason for starting this podcast series is also help and mentor people uh, with the help of uh, esteemed guests like you help the students and young professionals to be better in fact uh, navin and uh, sudhakar i i'll tell you uh, it's just amazing the vision with uh, which what you have created it and uh, uh, you know i mean it takes a big heart and a lot of effort to put a you know podcast series like this together and i really appreciate uh, you know uh, both of you uh, having me over uh, on your podca- podcast and uh, you know asking me some questions which might help youngsters i really appreciate it Thank you so much Indian. Thank you for accepting our invitation Indian in your busy schedule. It was indeed a great conversations uh, on mistakes to avoid as a first time entrepreneur and as individuals you know Navin and I really enjoyed this conversation and uh, it definitely opened uh, some of uh, our different thoughts as well. And I'm sure our listeners uh, would love this episode. and don't be surprised if you get hit with many requests on your linkedin profile to mentor them <laughs> before their ideas it will be my pleasure spending the morning with you guys have a great time thank you indian appreciate your time dear listeners to know more about our speakers and the content visit or follow us on social media or feel free to email us and we will be happy to share further details with you all right it brings us to the trivia segment of this episode and today's trivia is about which day is most effective in a work week you might wonder our energy levels vary from day to day and especially with monday blues creeping in and we will always be thinking that wednesday is one of the most productive day of the week but the research says different if you need to get stuff done do it on a tuesday because according to a survey from accountants tuesdays are found to be the most productive days of the week so give up getting much done on fridays because that is the least productive day wherein everybody is planning for their weekend interesting isn't it thank you so much for listening have a wonderful day